do not attempt to adjust your settings. We have commandeered this channel and are now streaming our pirate broadcast. This is the pirate stream. Welcome to Pirate Stream Media. Joining me as always. Do not oh, attempt I, to I adjust your settings. Rookie move. I left it playing in the background. Welcome to Pirate Stream Media. Joining me as always is Courtney Turner and Scott Armstrong here at Courtney's lovely home studio. We have a great show planned for you today. A lot of really interesting overlaps of false emergencies, emergency warnings, emergencies we're never told about, COVID going crazy. But, uh, you know, as always, there's no shortage of, you know, maniacal things happening in the world. But how are you guys today? What's going on? Doing well. Yeah, yeah it's crazy times. Super busy. But yeah, yeah, busy, good. crazy times. All good. That's how I like it. Though. I like right, it. right, right, right. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to start off today with something very interesting. And this is, Scott sent me something about the idea of a massive emergency alert test that will be sounding alarms on U.S. cell phones, TVs, radios in October. And actually, before we even get into that, I wanted your thoughts on this. And I'll bring this up for you guys to take a peek at. What do you, I mean, what is it? Why is this not unnerving for people? Mm-hmm. Like the idea of some kind of like massive deployment, like even the idea that they can instantly access all of your electronics. Yeah. I find that really unnerving. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been true again. It's yeah. Like, well, I mean, okay. So on the one hand, that's what this article in particular is talking about uh, in response to the Maui fire. Like they're pinning mm-hmm. it on the Maui fires. I'm sure yeah. like something like this, they had in the works for a long time. They've been planning this. There's some, pro- we will discuss it. There's probably some ul- ulterior things going on. But at the same time in the article, they're like, in response to the Maui fires, you know, we need a more robust emergency alert type of system. But it's like, dude, you've been talking for a while about all these other little emergencies you're trying to build up and plant fear in. Like Hollywood's making movies about nuclear bomb attacks and like all these things. Like they're already putting in all the work to pre-program all the fear. Mm-hmm. So this might be just another element of that. But I don't know. I don't know. But it, there, then there's other stuff to it, too. Well, yeah. I think what's interesting is that just, you know, to bring kind of focus to the the two-party illusion mm-hmm. it's always like when it's one side then it's like oh they're using it for this nefarious purpose but i remember back in was it i don't know 2019 they kept talking about how trump was going to use the emergency broadcast system That's right yeah. i remember and like all the MAGA people were totally championing this i forgot about that like yeah. to be able to like send direct messages to yes. people and circumvent censorship or exactly. something exactly <laughs> right so it's a I don't really have anything conclusive to draw from any of it, except that it's just interesting how they use it to play off both sides. Right. Um, but that's kind of the point of the, like the name of our show in general, like the idea yeah, of that's using. Why I have yeah, thought, yeah, I love exactly. That. Right, the di- dialectical dissonance. So I, for me, I find it really unnerving because it means they're tapping in, but it's always under the guise. I think your response was, "It's never about safety," right? right. And that's just it. It's always under the guise of for your safety. But really, if it were really about our safety, first of all, they wouldn't be creating crises. They wouldn't be covering up crises that mm-hmm. happen, whether it be intentionally or inadvertently. And you would also have awareness dra- drawn to local communities. Right. Because that's where something could actually be done. <clears throat> so I think you would have like some sort of a network system where it would be not just an alert. Because then what's going to happen if you, you get alerted? Then what? Mm-hmm. What do you do about that? Right. There would actually be some reliance networks communities system that were okay here's some uh like an alert about x y and z and here's where you go here's what you do and here's who you contact none of that is there it's just hey we're gonna scare you and terrify you just access your personal device in order to do so 
And great, now you know, and now you're terrified and you have nothing to do, like you have no tools or resources. Well, on that exact note, I mean, we have a whole bunch of possible u- tools to utilize. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we don't, like the idea that like you're saying that we only need the only, like that it somehow is insufficient now is like a, it's false, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. interesting part. Yeah. And to the point about um, Hawaii in general is that when that happened, let's remember that it was, it's the, like the largest system in the world and it's been like had more money put into it than anything. And then it fails. And now because it fail, or, you know, fails and because it fails, they get more money. How does that always work out that way? When it doesn't work the way it's supposed to, you give them more. And it's the well, same it way. It reminds me of like the, the cancer, what, the national cancer website. Like they talk about how the problem has increased by tenfold and they expect it to be, you know, in, increasingly exponentially, uh, you know, increasing. But yeah, but that's basically what they said. Like the problem is just going to continue to get worse and worse exponentially. Exponentially. But we've received more money than ever in history, and we need you to donate more, even though we've done nothing to solve the problem. Yeah, but right. don't worry. Just keep giving us our, your money, right. and we will eventually solve this problem. That or, or yeah, or give us some money because they'll be, it will fail again tomorrow, and they have to give us more money. And it just goes right. around and around and around. But this, this, so the point in this, in this discussion is obviously, you know, as we were joking about before. Yeah. It's that they're they're always happy to warn you about emergencies, but then when the emergencies happen, they seem to ignore them everywhere, yeah. East Palestine or anything else we're talking about. So on this in general note, like for just before we go past it again, the idea is the invasiveness. They're using their technology to be able to dictate the message, especially how about when you get to a point to where things go down, social media is not working. Don't worry, we can give you the narrative we want you to see, right? right. But this brings us into the interesting conversation of older emergencies, this is something inversionism. I've been giving them a lot of shout outs. This is this account's been doing some really, really great work, deep dives, old mm-hmm. stories, really good mm-hmm. stuff. And so this is in regard to something that Courtney shared. And this is about a Cold War experimentation on mm-hmm. people in the country. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll just read this and chime in if you guys want in between this. The next story is so unbelievable. He writes, we don't think it could possibly be true. But after receiving thousands of records and declassified reports from the army, it's confirmed that the, during the Cold War, the U.S. military conducted secret tests on unsuspecting people of St. Louis. Now, for those of you paying attention, it's that's not very surprising at all, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about Operation Sea Spray, and we'll get into some more of that in a minute. But it's just, for some people, this is almost like dismissive, like that can't be true, it must be fake right. news, right? And that's what's really interesting about it is there's so many examples of this. And he says, I hope everyone understands the full weight and gravity of what's been disclosed here. The U.S. military sprayed an obscenely toxic radioactive chemical over a part of St. Louis excuse me, with 10,000 low-income people, of course, because it would never happen in in a wealthy neighborhood, 70% of them children under the age of 12. Oh my God, that's crazy. Their reasoning, they just want to do an experiment to test dispersal patterns and the geographic range of chemical or biological weapons. Same with Operation Seaspear, by the way. We just want to see what happens, right? Right, right. Unbelievable. So we can play the, do you want to play the video or do you guys want to comment on it first? Um, Let's play the video. Okay. If I can find it, I think this uh-huh. is it. Going to be a mo- nope. That's not it. Nope. Apologies, I think I grabbed the wrong video. So go ahead, oh, give, no, give me some comments so while, while I find it. Yeah, if you're, while you're looking for that, this, what you're saying about uh, you know how people just can't believe that it's true. The more you look into wartime research, like it really just looks like other than creating the chaos and the breeding ground for usurpation of power that the revolutionaries want to. You know that's why they fund both sides of most of these wars and revolutionaries. Uh, revolution. I think other than that, 
the other thing you find is that it's a great cover to be able to do quote unquote wartime research, which really just looks like a black ops carte blanche budget to do whatever experimentation on whoever they want Mm. without any transparency. And for people who think that this is just unbelievable and that they wouldn't do it, it, you don't have to look at just, I mean, the Cold War really was kind of like a, a, a minefield of that type of research. But you look at, I mean, the Vietnam War, Agent Orange, you look at, uh, I mean, there's so, we could go on and on down the list, but it looks like that's really what they do during war. Oh, they're, absolutely. They're doing all these types of things, <laughs> and they have these think tanks that are designated to it. You know, like the Rand Institute, the Stanford Research Institute, all under, you know, they're kind of like subsidiaries of Tavistock, which was created to garner propaganda for Mm. people to support war. (laughs) So, And it's an interesting overlap with the Tavistock Institute and the transgender movement. And it's just, it's it's in everything, it seems. Well, their initial agenda, like one of their first uh, platforms was the women's liberation movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that was like a main... uh, agenda and initiative for the Tavistock Institute. And it was because they want you to subvert Western civilization and uh, Judeo-Christian values and principles because they thought that by doing that, they could have a, you know, hold over civilization. Mm-hmm. And they noticed that women were empowered by Christianity. Hmm. So that was one of their... Interesting. Targets. I can't have that. Yeah, nope. yeah, I have that. Well, it's just... And I, so sorry, I'll just add one more oh, thing. Empowered, like actually empowered uh, and empowered for what is intrinsic to being female and femininity, mm-hmm. not in the sense of uh, the feminist movement, because that is right, actually right. an inversion. It's a lie. It is the illusion of empowerment, but it actually disempowers both men and women and destroys the family. Of course it does. Right. The point, it seems, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but your point about whether they would do this and, and so on, you know, I mean, it's really interesting that in my opinion, and this isn't even that hard of a sell for most people. I think that's what these things, this is not a byproduct. This is deliberate yeah. experimentation on the people of this country. And it's been happening our entire existence. I mean, you really go back to the very beginning. You go back, I mean, a thousand different ways. We could talk about the the, the families mm-hmm. that have been existing long before the United States, right. or even just the wartime experimentation. Israel's a great example yes. where they publicly do this. They sell their weapons that they use on Palestinians as battle tested. Yeah. It's a public conversation. Everyone, it's, it's, Despicable, you know, it really is using people that way. Mm-hmm. But here's an example of a classic. You know, this is Cold War era testing on Americans that we know about, and yet still it's dismissed by most people. So mm-hmm. let's take a look. Story is so unbelievable, we didn't think it could possibly be true. But after receiving thousands of records and declassified reports from the Army, it's confirmed that during the Cold War, the United States military conducted secret tests on unsuspecting people in the city of St. Louis. A local sociologist will make her findings public tomorrow, but she spoke first to the I-team's Lisa Zygman. Lisa Martino Taylor's life work has been to uncover details of the Army's ultra-secret military experiments carried out in St. Louis and other cities during the 1950s and 60s. This study was secretive for a reason. Um, They didn't have um, volunteers stepping up and saying, yeah, I'll breathe zinc cadmium sulfide with radioactive particles. These Army archive pictures show how the tests were done in Corpus Christi, Texas in the 1960s. In Texas, planes were used to drop the chemical, but in St. Louis, the Army placed chemical sprayers on buildings and station wagons. City officials were kept in the dark about the tests. 
The Cold War cover story was that the Army was testing smoke screens to protect cities from a Russian attack. The truth, according to Martino Taylor, was much more sinister. It's pretty shocking. Um, the level of duplicity and secrecy, um, um, clearly they went to great lengths to deceive people. By making... Well, that's interesting. I had my talking to Courtney earlier. I mean, didn't they like poison the whole city with LSD too, St. Louis? Mm -hmm. But I remember hearing about this story. Yeah. And then I looked this up here. So there's another situation where the CIA went to this French town in, in uh, 1951 and uh, put LSD in the bread and just poisoned the whole wow. town. LSD of the whole town was struck with mass hallucinations and insanity, right? In, wow. in France? Yeah, yeah, in France. I bet yeah. you that's happened so many yeah. more times yeah. than we can yeah. prove. Yeah. Right? I actually mm -hmm. firsthand know someone. It was his, it was her brother who was poisoned with LSD in a cup of coffee. Wow. And he spent the rest of his life in an insane asylum. Jeez. Well, yeah. that, that would be extra traumatic because if you like know that you're going to yeah. embark on a trip, right, then it would be like exactly. more intentional and right. you're kind of prepared for it. But if you automatically have no idea what's going on, you all of a sudden just go into this insane, hallucinatory, like psychotic break state, then yep. that might mm -hmm. be hard to come back from it. Yeah. Like, if you're, like, he never did. With it, he yeah, never recovered. I, you know, I've actually, you know, my past was pretty, you know, I play around a lot, but that I actually never ended up doing that when I was a kid. Yeah. But there's interesting, you know, I would argue that it would have to be too much to end up yeah. with that kind of an effect, I would think. But interesting stories there. This is my, my brother, my, my, one of my best friend's brother, when he was in high school, got LSD and put it on his sister's tongue while she was sleeping. Oh. And she woke up and just flipped out, but she's, she's fine. But like, uh -huh. I just think about, I can't even imagine what that, the mental state would right. be. Now thinking about that in the context of in your water or unawares right. about what you're drinking or eating and what that might do. And, and then examples in the past of things that we don't associate as a test or an LSD. And we go, what happened there? Right. You know, people like even going back, like things like the, uh, the witch trials or things yeah. like that, not to yeah. say that's connected, but these right. big events throughout history that we think we know what happened. Right. You know, when they're doing stuff like that, I mean, I tell you, I bet you it's, I bet you it's happening right now, yeah. somewhere in the world. Yeah. You know, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. Well, and, and the, on that note in general, though, I think the real point about all of this is that they're capable of these things, right? Yeah. They can do this. They have done this. And obviously, so think about whether they might be doing it now, yeah. <laughs> right? That's kind of where my mind goes with that. They just have complete disregard for human life. Yeah. I mean, that's really the common thread to me. It's like, well, why? Oh, just because we want to see just to see if we can. Right. And the it, actual stated narrative, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so just, crazy. Oh, let's just see. We want, just because we can. Yeah. And I think, you know, the it gets even worse because really it's not just to see if they can. But that's bad enough, honestly, because you obviously have no regard for human life. You mm -hmm. just want to test on them and use them as cattle. But I think it gets worse because then they want to be able to see how what what are the results of that and how can we leverage that to control people mm -hmm. to, you know, whatever means they, whatever agenda mm -hmm. they have at the time. Right. Right. That. Yeah. It's, it's pretty despicable. It's pretty dark. You know yes. I mean? What they're really doing dark. is, is absolutely breaking their, I mean, obviously it's framed from the idea we're going to do this so we can protect you. We're right. going to have to find oh, out where the weaknesses are so we can do a better job at it. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to use you as the fodder to figure that out, right. which is, you could literally argue that might be the logic of what, what's happening. We're going to give you these injections. It might kill a bunch of you, but we'll figure out how to protect you the best. Right? Some of them think that. I don't think that's even on the table, but you know, it, it goes into some other examples of this, right? So here is a good example in the past. I wrote about this in 2000, was it 15? 2015, October 20th, entitled The Worst Nuclear Disaster in U.S. History Kept a Secret. Now, I remember writing this at the time. And if you look at it, I mean, it, of course, you know, YouTube video is gone. Big surprise. Yeah. But it's NBC, right? And I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a big, like, I look it up. 
you, it's like an open secret. But I'm thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a big story, right. you know? And everyone's like, that's a conspiracy theory. That's fake news. I'm like, it's, it just blew me away at that time, even how willingly people would dismiss this kind of stuff. Yeah. And just for those that are interested, here is the Arkansas Democrat Gazette talking about this in 2012, saying that they learned it about, oh, I'm sorry, this is actually the, I had him out of order. This is the article discussing the Cold, oh, War, the Cold War, just so people can have that so they can, not, it's not just a video, right? Yeah. Here is the, and the ABC report, cool. same thing. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, LA's nuclear secret part oh, one, yeah. 2015. You know, it's just wild to me that it can be such a public thing. Now it says tucked away in, in the hills above the San Fernando and Simi valleys uh, was a 2,800 acre laboratory. Think about wow. that. With a mission that was a, mis- a mystery to the thousands of people who lived in its shadow. I mean, this is the same as Fort Detrick where you can prove there's all these overlaps around yep. the area. Actually, I should play that video next. But so the point is that this is a nuclear reactor that they know was causing a problem and they still don't tell people about. They live right around this area to this very day. It is still an issue. Here's the NBC four I team. It's the same team that did this cold war report. Wow. Right. So they're finding all these reports and people just don't seem to care. I mean, it's, it's kind of unnerving, you know? Yeah. And you guys think about the, you know, the overlap there and I'll get into these. I mean, just the fact that they just completely just ignore it and just try to sweep it under the rug. I mean, this media outlet's reporting on it, but then we don't hear about it anywhere else. You know? right. So, like, how complicit is the rest of the news about it? And like, um, Good point. Why yeah, isn't anybody I mean, else talking about it? Why isn't this, like, a big deal? Like, why isn't this, like, an environmental issue? Why isn't this being, like, shouted out, you know? And, and as we've hmm. seen, like you said, your extensive recording on the, the Ohio incident and mm-hmm. Maui, it's like, we know that, like, it seems like at this point their their prerogative instead of fixing situations or helping people or rescuing people is to cover up yeah mm-hmm. you know so these these institutions maybe it's worth going back and examining what's the point of having these institutions anyway when they don't protect you they just protect themselves their initial first thought is like oh how do we cover our asses every right. single time you know and so it seems like that's like the same deal like they're just this long-term agenda to cover their own assets well yeah, it, yeah. I, I would add to that that it's a they're supposed to be reporting the news but it sounds like their job is more to cover up the news yeah, oh, exactly <laughs> i'm willing to bet you most people there almost have come to terms with that yeah like you talk to people like allison morrow and she'll be like oh they know you know they, no, they're exactly. aware that they're you know either pulling their punches or uh-huh. some level between those things yeah. you know like or outright lying you know yeah it would yeah have to be. it's nuts well, well i think that some of it is because uh they want it. They lay the ground for some of this stuff, like with the LA nuclear secret. So they may be doing things intentionally, like the testing is a good mm-hmm. example of the St. Louis. And then they cover that up because then when a story is revealed mm-hmm. that, you know, cause that one se- remained quote unquote secret. I mean, obviously we have the reports now, but you didn't know about it at the time, but I think they keep that as a cover undercover so that when something like Maui happens mm-hmm. and they cover it up, they we would never suspect mm-hmm. that they did sure. it intentionally. But they have a long history of this. One. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing about about the LA. Like, so again, this is from you know, I, not immediately after, but a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. So this has been an open secret for a while. I tend to think it's more about saying, you know, like I bet you they didn't lean into this. They didn't really publicize it. Didn't really get yeah. pushed anywhere. It's there though, yeah. if you know where to look. So yeah. the average person's going to go, "That can't be true. That's right. probably fake news." Mm-hmm. And so they have it though, you know, yeah. kind of like the revelation of the method kind of an idea. Right. You know, that's where I kind of think that tends to go. You know, and and uh, here here let's play this twenty second clip. This is this is Fort Detrick. You have a comment? Yeah, I was going to say. Well, yeah, I agree with the revelation of the method. I think they have to show you, but they they didn't report on it. I mean, it wasn't right. a mass story yeah yeah and so and i think there's a huge part of that that people ignore that 
Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want it to be seen, but disregarded right. more so than, you know, anywhere on the other side of those things. That's what I would argue. And same kind of overlap. This is Fort Detrick. <clears throat> Again, this is my mind can't, you can't miss the overlaps here right. around the COVID-19 illusion and all the stuff we've seen. And this is just a clip. I'll, I'll make sure I include the full documentary about this, where the guy's talking about how his family and everyone around him gotten cancer and his life's been ruined <clears throat> all because they live so close to Fort Detrick, you know? And so it's, it's, it's just the new version of these old kind of things. Right. And there are people in Georgia, the country mm-hmm. who will tell you that they've been tested on by the labs in the U S government. I mean, Russia will tell you, but then they dismiss it because Russia said it right. for their entire lives all around these areas. And they see weird colored smoke coming out of the area and then everybody gets sick. I think they're testing on people. Right. And this is what they're dealing with. We have over 1,300 documented cancer victims right now, just in a one-mile radius. I'll be quite honest with you, it's changed my life so radically. Sometimes I don't even know who I am. 1,300 people in a one-mile radius. What's causing so much sickness? It turns out all these victims have one thing in common. They live next to a military base called Fort Detrick. Isn't that nuts? And you, you yeah. watch the full thing. I mean, it's yeah. mind-blowing, the evidence that just get talking to people and they're like, oh, we don't drink the water. Everybody knows you don't drink the water around here. It's like open secrets, man. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. Wow. And so, so this brings us to the larger point about the many times they've actually admitted to this. Now, this was a repost back when we were reposting from a lot of people. Uh, what was the date on here? On the last American Bag one, 2018. And this is from the Free Thought Project. The U.S. Army has admitted to conducting hundreds of germ warfare, te- warfare tests on Americans. In fact, they admit to, and you can prove, at least 239 germ warfare tests. And that's bacteria, just pathogens, bacteria. Mm-hmm. You know, like Operation Sea Spray is one of the ones we all know about, right. where they admittedly said, oh, we just wanted to see what would happen so we could better protect you, right? But every single one of these times, people get hurt, people get sick, you know, and, and what, have they, what have we benefited from this? People make the argument even today, not the argument, they state the fact that these whole, like the PREDICT program and, you know, being able to tell us what the next virulent thing will be, never have yielded any positive results because that's not what it's actually doing. They even make the point about the COVID-19 discussion is they spend billions most likely on this whole project, which includes people like Anthony Fauci. And then who told us about the beginning of this, whether real or not? China did. Mm -hmm. So they didn't actually even do what they were paid to do, which is go, we identified the problem before it was a problem. Right. Right. So I don't think that's actually what they're doing. Right. What are you guys' thoughts on that? It's just shocking that, uh, you know, that you said 239. Like, what the right. heck? Provable. Like, provable. Like, way more than that. Yeah. Like, I've known that there's a history and, you know, they have a tendency to do that sort of thing. The 239. Didn't you have an article about that, too? Didn't you? Have yeah. Yeah. About that well, too? You're gonna, I don't know if you're going to cover that next, but like, yeah, I mean, it's right there. 239 times, dude. Um, I mean, so the fact that anybody's still under the impression that they wouldn't do such a thing, like, that's shocking. Shocking. Right. Know. Right. Well, this is the one you re- I just what I I did here was just basically I think this was. Yeah, this was just an episode I did. But I repackaged that concept where I called it in coronavirus. We trust medical surveillance mm-hmm. state for a government that's experimented on you 239 times. Yeah. And it's just like it's kind of mind blowing, like even overlapping again with those first points. We know this is real. And yet people just can't wrap their minds around it, you know, or at least that's the illusion we're sold. And we can't collectively look beyond the lie we're being told however you look at that you know well, this is the government who did mk ultra exactly. <laughs> you know and I mean? still is actually, right? and, uh, yeah i would argue still is yeah so, um, so is this the security test that's coming out october 4th is this another test like it's another test a mass deployed test but is there any further implications of that right well i think it's, it's like it's data mining 
A real life exercise, like yeah. Pompeo would say. Right. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah, exactly, and then something's going to go live that day, probably. Or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's how it tends to go, right? Yeah. Pentagon yeah. or the nine well, eleven. Yeah, exactly. I was getting that more so. So I first heard about this through me. So like, yeah, this was a security alert. And I was like, that's where I get a lot of my news <laughs> right. and names. I'm like, oh, nice. Okay. The way the world works today. Look at this a little further, but anyway. But uh, shout out to Matt Landman uh, over Spiro Protection Clothing. He was the one that um, I was saw a meme that he posted about. I'm like, oh, I need to look into this because he's in the whole EMF world, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, he, he was saying how if you want to s- protect yourself from the alert, get one of our Faraday bags, right? You know, what nice. I mean? so everybody should do everybody that. get your Faraday bags going so your phone isn't you know doesn't intercept that message. But you know, all the con- conspiracy people, you know, are like, well, is this going to trigger like the graphene oxide and everybody's you know, this and that. And I'm like, so who knows what the implications are beyond just it being a test or whatever. But yeah. It's very interesting. Well, yeah. the, the, the test part of it is super interesting too in and of itself. Like like you mentioned, historically, it's very common that those things yeah. like, nobody ever thought of planes flying into buildings. It's like, well, you were literally doing a test on that on the day of 9-11. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you did. And, and any other example. Two hours earlier. <laughs> yeah. like, and they know oh, that. Oh, and then it happens. And so the question is, uh, is that going to be the, the day where it's like the, the release? Oh, well, luckily we're happens? ready for they, it. You they, know? they do all those ex- eventual one, crimson contagion, right? right? right. I mean, on and on. Well, but see, this is different. That's like a start. pandemic exercise. This is like the emergency test where, right. like, so it's another side of this discussion. I, I just saw military deployed in some local town. They do those weird little things where they pretend they're, like, there's no real need for that. They can do that on a military base. They don't need yeah. to be in your live streets it's about conditioning us yeah, i would think oh, totally. but that's a very different thing you know so i wonder where you think that I goes think it's and kind of similar though i mean the pandemic test it just wasn't necessarily a military exercise but mm-hmm. i think it was kind of the same as a live exercise oh and then it just happened to be a few months later that this pandemic mm-hmm. breaks out no i agree i mean more so like as opposed to them being in their little shell in their you know, bunker, ex- oh, pretending right. being on the streets or getting your thing on your phone. Right. Like it's a real sure. live exercise, you know, but yeah, but I agree. And I, I definitely think there's some, some overlap to that, but go, going to what's was Scott's point there. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I was going to have one more thing. Cause when I uh, were talking about, uh, you know, the experiment, this, the government that gave you MK ultra, mm-hmm. right. I, I mean, and this is just a theory, but when you look at operation paperclip, it looks a lot of the, the scientists who came over here were supposedly going to NASA. They were, mm-hmm. you know, rocketry, telemetry. But when you look at a lot of the ones that are not as well known, it looks like they brought over a lot of bioweaponeers and biochemical. That was from experts. Japan. That's Dr. Ishii, right? We yeah, talked about that. That's exactly. The, that's the it, it's unit. Oh, I forget it was a three. I forget the unit number now, but that Dr. Ishii was the general, the and the he he controlled the the bio warfare program. Yeah. I, I'm willing to bet you there was overlap from the Nazi side too. I think so too. But he was the one that was doing. I mean, it's quite frankly un unbelievably worse than what we hear from the Nazi side. Not this. I mean, there's probably all sorts of things we don't know about. Right. But what he was doing is like the stuff of nightmares, like oh, live yeah. performance, biological manipulation, horrifying stuff. And yes. that that uh, to your point, those both became the basis for what they later did, both NASA and then the bio-warfare program started with Dr. Ishii. Yeah. And it's horrifying. Like, you're not, you're not the good guy if you're pretending to fight the bad things, but then you covet all of the worst parts of what they are and make them yourself. Well, and I feel like that's basically what defense, like, quote-unquote, defense yep. has become, right? right? It's basically, oh, we have to protect yourself from the enemy. Oh, but we're going to take their technology, information, research, whatever, 
and then weaponize it against our people. But we're the good guys. We're protecting you. Don't right. worry. Yeah, exactly. It's like whenever I see somebody with a NASA shirt, I just want to go up to them and be like, you know, you might want to look into their early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's funny. Yeah, I, it's it's just people don't want to hear it, though. You know, it's, it's such a foundational concept. But th this, you know, what's interesting is you can bring the the kind of advancements from the NASA side and the, and the biological side and then their yeah. convergence, not no pun intended with the overlap of Klaus Schwab and all that, but the idea that these things are overlapping into the kind mm -hmm. of direction they're using to control people today brings it back into Scott's reference point that there I think is go. really I'll, interesting. I'll right yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's really interesting. This is something. And well, first, before we even get into this, for those listening that may not be new, that may be new to this, there's a lot of, discussion and and i would argue hype and false discussions about graphene oxide or yeah. let's just put it this way unverified claims yeah. but there is undeniably a huge body of work that talks about graphene oxide being the next step for vaccination delivery yeah. which in this one we're talking about right here is, an, is like another step past that yeah. but it's not to be dismissed and it's yeah. weird that it. when, when that first came out oh there's graphene oxide in the injection people would dismiss that as a completely fake, like that's clownishly ridiculous mm -hmm. while it was being worked on, even studied in real life things. Not Maybe not the COVID vaccine. You guys should ask whether that's maybe, yeah. but I, I have to point out, well, I won't say anybody's names, but in the flu vaccine too. Well, so. coming up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the, the thing though, is that there's people that came out, it doesn't matter who you guys can probably su suss it out. That came out and made these false claims that I would argue, or at least unverified claims that it was 95% of the injection. Right. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And it was the same kind of game we talk about, the atrazine frogs, turn the frogs gay kind of a discussion, even though it's rooted in something that might be true in the case of atrazine that is true. Yeah. But is it made it into a clownish topic that people then pushed away. I, yeah. I think there's something to how that happens every time. But uh -huh. there is an I've gotten whole shows over like the 15 different peer reviewed studies that are like, this is the next step before COVID right. about the, how these will work. And then what you're saying, go ahead and talk about that, actually, the, the flu part of it. That's mm -hmm. really important because that's now, right? Yeah, well, I th but it started with the graphene oxide. So now they're talking about the mRNA. Mm -hmm. But it, it was back in either, tw I think it was 2018, they were putting graphene oxide into the flu vaccines. Well, I, th I thought that was going, I thought that was going forward. I, I'm not, I don't know, maybe you're right. So go ahead. But I, I thought either way, we can prove that it is in on the period study of the flu on shot. On the flu yeah. shot, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know I pulled it up before. I can, you know, look for that. Don't 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 later. cite me on that. You may be right. Yeah. I, I just thought it was. But I'm I'm pretty sure they they have uh they, it was in the flu shot. Yeah, so no, that's for sure. And but... I, I think they were testing for. I mean, this goes back to like Charles Lieber's work, right? Mm, exactly. Where they're using it, and of course, this leads up to. It's funny that you pulled this up because I. We, you were talking about us like picking topics and I was thinking my topic was going to be transhumanism <laughs> and that was actually in my file. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to see if I can search for it real quick. Yeah, but what, uh, so yeah. just so people know, I'll, I'll try to grab, we'll, we'll grab that and put it in the show notes for everybody, yeah, that's but it's thinking. in, it's in the peer reviewed study and it listed off as being included. And so the point is, and again, it shouldn't be that shocking because they have talked about this for the longest time being like the next step. So, so going back to this, this point uh, this study, this is like a whole other step past that, though. This yeah. is what's so yeah. concerning about that. Is it for those in the podcast? And this is from 2022. Remotely controlled. This is peer reviewed, by the way. Remotely controlled, electro responsive, on demand nanotherapy based on. I think it's anime, or excuse me, I, I did that one. Anime. I want to say anime because okay. yeah, yeah. am, am What do you think? Like a mini, like amino. I'm thinking like amine modified yeah. graphene oxide for synergistic dual drug delivery. That's just wild. So how do, how do you even take that from the title? What do you think that does? 
remotely controlled electro-responsive. So they're off in some other distant land, remotely controlling nanotechnology <laughs> delivered through graphene oxide or something. Yeah, it's modified graphene modified oxide. Graphene. It's even better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anime modified. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, what a mine. I keep what saying anime is. too. Just I know it's so it looks like anime. <laughs> when I from here, when I'm looking at it, it looks like anime. Right. What I look at that and see is, uh, and I mean, I've only read the abstract. I don't have access to the full article. But um, when I looked at it, what I thought of was, and again, I would need to read the full article to know, but it, it opens the door for. A, a binary weapon with a payload. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly the same thing. Charles Lieber and yep. Charles, Robert Langer, right? Exactly. And that that's really what I think they're doing. Of course, they're the uh, Albert, uh, I always forget his last name, but you know. Orla? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. From Pfizer. From Pfizer, mm-hmm. exactly. And he talks about, uh, you know, the pills that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was 2018. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, that looks kind of like that, too. I, it just before we go past it, though, the pills that you, it'll basically. Tell somebody if you don't take them. Exactly. Right, right. Big brother. They claim that's about like schizophrenics, but of course it could be used on anybody. Anybody, (laughs) yeah. And it's like, okay, well, why are we monitoring even schizophrenic? I mean, they usually have somebody who's administering them. Mm -hmm. So, right. um, Yeah. So I I don't know. That's what it looks like to me is it opens the door for some sort of binary weapon that has the payload activation because if, if it's remote controlled, then they can, you know, we can do direct energy weapons or direct weapons on you that way. Yeah. Well, we talked about this all uh, for multiple shows. Like yeah. the uh, like like we just mentioned the the overlap. Really, the, the this case is more so the Robert Langer side of it, the yeah. co-founder of yep. Moderna. For those who don't know, working on like the payload delivery, mm-hmm. and that's the lipid nanoparticle mRNA instruction. Yep. And the point is that's dual use, right? So you can put you could make that the spike protein, which right. by the way is sort of dangerous and deadly anyway. Yeah. Or you could make it something that is you know immediately deadly or something that then becomes self-spreading which right. is kind of so, what i think so we're talking about I right but, so yeah. but that's yeah. that's a weapon right and totally so it's the dual use the insect allies conversation you know it's the same thing well same and it thing. fits the whole uh you know if we want to make call it like the the babylonian model where they don't directly do you harm mm. right mm-hmm. they, they give you something and then it, it can be activated and that's what kills you ultimately right but right. they didn't do it <laughs> course plausible deni- right. deniability plausible deniability yeah. well let's look at this oh where i was going with that too is that the remotely con- the remotely controlled part of it yeah. is something they've been working on for a really long yes. time using all sorts of different this is where it overlaps with the stuff that people are it like it's impossible to sell an average person on the idea of yeah. magnogenetics yeah. and how they're using magnet magnetics and different things and that's what they've used magnetics they've used flashing light they've used in- invasive that's the, the that's genetics. the yeah, exactly. That's the optogenetics. And then the the invasive like hairpin wire kind of stuff that goes back to Charles Lieber. Mm-hmm. But that's the all this is like biosurveillance mm-hmm. inverse inv- invasive stuff. But then it gets into like how they can outwardly remote control. And this is where it overlaps. Well, and it's actually a perfect trans- transition, actually. We'll, well get into the even further back when you look at uh, MK Ultra. Robert Delgado mm-hmm. did the mm-hmm. remote control brain interface. Yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Well, what I was going to say, though, is it's perfect into the ferritin nanoparticle yeah. flu shot, which I sure. want to talk about, because that is the magneto, the ferritin nanoparticle concept is what they've already used to do exactly this. Yeah. So before we go to the next part, though, let's read what the abstract says. Okay. And it's very interesting. I, I actually, I haven't even read this. I wanted to do it, you know, while we're live, so live. we can kind of okay. respond to it. <laughs> An opening, like a yeah. package opening. Yeah. Uh, it says, the study focuses on the development of a new electric field response graphene oxide nanoparticle system. Now, this is what I think is so concerning. 
is that this is not like this is like a like a platform concept, mm-hmm. you know, like the same thing we'll get into with the, the flu shot for on demand drug delivery. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what we're talking about. So you could insert something and, you know, whatever the thing of the day is today. Graphene oxide is an attractive option adopted in various biological applications for its exclusive features such as flexibility, conductiveness, cost effectiveness and external stimuli responsive nature. But it's fake news to some people right now. You know, it is a it is usual it is usual to utilize multiple drugs in cancer treatment. This kind of therapy has lesser side effects, drug resistance, and more effective than utilizing only one drug. The study aims to determine low voltage controlled dual drug aspirin and doxorubicin. Do you know what that is? No. No. Let's find out. Yeah. Sold under the brand name. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's chemotherapy medication. Okay. So, but the point is though, it can be anything. Yeah. Like you could if it's dual drug release. I mean, you could, you know, that's interesting though. I wonder why it would be dual drug release. Right. From graphene. So the point is from the graphene oxide surface. So the graphene oxide is the, is the payload delivery system. It seems here we have demonstrated how the control, how to control the drug release rate remotely with a handy mobile phone. My God. Uh-huh. With zero passive release at idle time. In addition, the study focused to estimate the synergism of aspirin with the cancer drug in the chemotherapy drug in the release mechanism from graphene oxide in the presence of external voltage using a spectroscopic method. I'll have to look that up later. Moreover, we observed aspirin and the drug inducing synergistic anti-tumor activity. Thus, our study presents a noble combination of these. So it's like they're, they're focusing on like what they're delivering, which is really interesting. Yeah. But so, yeah, so this it's is always under the guise of uh, helping cancer patients. Yeah, of course. Like always. Umbrella cover. Yeah. yeah. Man, so yeah, that's some intense stuff right there. So where do you think this goes? I mean, what do you think the logical conclusion of this is? I, I, I do not believe this is about helping people. No, I don't think so either. Um, you have thoughts here? I mean, it's pretty clear that they just don't have any interest in helping us, right? And then actually, you made a good point that's really interesting. It's like, they don't want to cure cancer. Cancer is like their vehicle to roll all this stuff out, man. Like, right. They need cancer yeah. patients. We see it, like the food, everything. All of this is about creating cancer. So yeah. without their little guinea pigs... They wouldn't be able to do all this crazy technocratic nonsense. So. That was right. the whole, yeah. Uh, yeah, the truth about cancer. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Griffin, right? Right. Yeah. right. That was his whole red pill moment. <laughs> was yeah. uncovering it was uncovering well the truth about cancer. That's where that was from that documentary series is where I learned about the idea of the uh, the fact that chemotherapeutic drugs are one of the only classification of drug where the drug doctor gets a direct cut of the profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So corrupt, you know, oh, <laughs> and, corrupt. and and what does it work like 3% of the time when it's all said and done? I know there's different versions of right. chemotherapy drugs, but all combined, it's like 3% success rate. Nothing right. succeeds at that level unless it's yeah. made to, you know, you're forcing yeah. it in. Yeah. I, I think that this is a, a, you know, I mean, I know this sounds so uh, paranoid, but I really do think it, it is much more about being able to create uh, some sort of targeted weaponry um, where they can do like a slow poison or mm-hmm. maybe fast in some cases, but um, yeah. Well, they- so that's interesting. So to to what end? Because I think about this a lot. I think it's impossible not to see the depopulation aspect, right? Right. I mean, I've always, everyone knows I'm from the very beginning of that and like, it just doesn't seem like it fits for me, but I'm not stupid. I can see right. that there's levels of this happening. So to what end? If they're, if they're trying to just kill people is it we talk of just basic eugenics like just getting rid of the people they don't need what well, do you think what do you think the end result i mean is? no i i see this one as being kind of bifurcating into two possibilities mm-hmm. one would be a slow kill where 
they become patients. They're, oh, they're money. It's a business. Yeah, yeah, they make a lot of money off of them. They it's, they can make them sick, and they can test and on they, them, and they can test them. Yeah. So they can test. They can use them as guinea pig. They can make them sick. They can then create, offer them other solutions that they have to pay for. Right. They mm. become a, a patient, a long term kind of, uh, and now they're on a whole myriad of pharmaceuticals. But I also see it as having the possibility for a direct targeted. Uh, either control mm-hmm. or weapon. So let's say, like I'm thinking, like assets, like a, like a government asset, whether it be like a federal asset, you know, like the FBI asset, mm-hmm. a CIA. What I'm I'm actually thinking, somebody they can then control. You see all of these like false flags that are done by somebody who supposedly has you know mental health issues. They're unstable. Mm-hmm. Now they can create that instability. Oh, good point. Yeah, and then they can, if they, you know, a lot of these people seem to get suicided. They can then, you know, create the instability, but also create the time bomb. I, I know this sounds so like fantastical, uh, but the technology enables this scenario to be a reality. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. I'm not saying that's what they're doing. But it does enable that possibility, and it's very convenient to use because it's it's all internal and it's remote, so it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, their hands look pretty clean when they do something like that. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. It's hard to trace. Obviously, it can be weaponized, too. You yeah. know, this can be something. I, that's one of the things I wonder if that's part of what they're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. The ethnic focus, right? right? I, I, I think they do a lot of that, yeah. right? Well, I, but I wonder. I don't genetic. I, I don't think they've been successful, right? No, I think that's I the point. Is maybe this was an attempt to try that mm-hmm. went out of hand. You know, I mean, I, there's a thousand points about the Italy and Iran overlap, the weird Omicron development, and mm-hmm. you know all this different stuff. There's definitely things that suggest that there was something that kind of got inserted into it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was an attempt at maybe, or a test to see. But I think that's the ideal concept for the military: would be able to deploy something like this and kill only who they want to, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's part of what we're, they're trying to figure out, quite frankly. And so th- this is the, the uh, discussion we had about this. This was a show that we I recently did on uh, May 20th, 2023, the deadly lipid nanoparticle spike protein design, and which by the way, I only know, I'm only thinking about this right now. I put this out before that peer-reviewed study came out that was like the platform is the problem. There, that's exactly the point that I was seeing there which is that that design itself is very dangerous, but also the new mod RNA ferritin nanoparticle universal flu injection. So considering this overlap with the, the, the flu shot, the graphene oxide overlap, the idea that the ferritin discussion here, which in this you can find, that's what this image is actually from. The Guardian wrote about this. The uh, Here, let me just do this. You guys can actually see it, and I'll include this in the show notes. Because this is important for the, the skeptics out there that mm-hmm. blindly trust the corporate media, right? Just so you can right. see this. Genetic and genetically engineered magnetoprotein. Yeah. That, that, what they're saying there is the modified ferritin, you know, just like the modified stuff we're talking about, mm-hmm. remotely controls brain and behavior. And yeah. read through this, the study itself. I, I shared this on on Facebook. 2016. Yeah, yeah, I shared it in 2020. And of course, like, people just like vultures attacking Fake me. news. Fake <laughs> <laughs> hey, news. I'm like, uh, it's right in the article. Right. Like, I'm not making this up. And if you read the study, it goes all the way to mice where they're literally yeah. controlling the animals, yeah. right? And this then goes back to the concept of Lieber Langer and the biosurveillance and the remote control. I mean, this is the same stuff, right? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And this, and this is the same type of delivery system even then. And this, we weren't, we just, Americans weren't attuned to this just yet, right? right? So here's what we wrote about in this one. And this was specifically about this injection. So I want to talk about this. So first of all, for those to see this, this is Epoch Times. 
citing this, and this is just so we can confirm this and the, the, the full links are in the show notes, but mm-hmm. the name H1SSF is an abbreviation for H1 uh, hemagglutinin stabilized stem ferritin. Okay, just so we can see that, and this is in the influenza discussion. And here is the NIH release, May 15, 2023, clinical trial of mRNA universal influenza vaccine candidate begins, May 15th. Now, you'll love the fact that they don't mention ferritin anywhere in this article. And of course, because every American knows that H1SSF-3928 means ferritin, right? Of course. Of course, right? So the point is they just don't include that. So I find that the phase one trial will be testing the experimental vaccine, and that's the one they're talking about. So let's be clear. This yeah. is a ferritin nanoparticle injection. Right. And I, it, it, just to keep it quick and simple, the concern is is unbelievable for me. Like the idea of what, what are they going to be doing with these things? And is that something that is already being released? Because we just watched them piggyback a fake approval for the Comirna XBB shot, even though that wasn't even given. So I'm wondering what the, what's in the next one, right? What, what's in the flu shot they're giving now? The graphene parts from before, this is something they're working on in May. Is that coming out next? I don't know. Where do you go with this? Well, um, this is just a little bit uh, of a tangent, but I think it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just found this. The computer chip was built in human brain tissue gets military Ugh. funding. So gross. Um, and the, if you read the article, that it, they had what they were able to do. I mean, it was almost like really makes artificial intelligence intelligent. Like it was able to do really yeah. complicated kind of maze type. Um, so all this to say, the, the reason I bring this up is because it seems like this is their goal. They're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get some sort of remote control uh, brain interface. Not that they haven't done it. As I said, they, they did that in MK Ultra studies, but I think they want to be able to do it on a much wider scale mm-hmm. uh, so they can achieve their transhuman agenda well, this is the bio digital convergence yeah right i mean that's exactly. literally bio-digital, biological yep. converging yep. here just since we have right here, exactly here here's right. klaus schwab that's exactly what he's telling what you. the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical our digital and our biological identities now he goes on to say a bunch more in different ways, right. but the point is that's you can bring up the biodigital convergence document that came out before yeah. Johns Hopkins overlap. I mean, they're all talking about this, and that that creeps me out. The real yes. human flesh on it's like that's the transhumanism direction, right? It's yeah. what this all is, and so it, it definitely does overlap. So yeah. we're so we're talking about something that not only is a ferritin nanoparticle mm-hmm. thing, which in and of itself is concerning because we yeah. just talked about how that exact. Um, aspect can be used to control. Yeah. Then we got just the general lipid nanoparticle mRNA platform, right. which is super dangerous in and of itself. Yeah. And then we're talking about a universal flu shot. Right. So they're literally saying this will work for any flu shot ever, which is just, you know, so yes. this, well, go ahead. What do you think? This is BS, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not buying it. Not well, so you don't think well, it will apply to all those supposed viruses or no. are you saying that they it there, won't? No, I don't think, yeah, I just don't, there's no way. I mean, even in their methodology and in their argument yeah how can this thing just adapt and, and uh, maybe i just don't understand something. no no you're, I, just, I, I agree with like, you it's like completely insane it's just the illusion that this is something that's going to help but mm-hmm. it's like there's no method for it to actually do what they're saying it's going to do well i think you know i keep saying it, this goes back to the depopulation right i just really think that they want to depopulate as many as possible and then they want to control the rest. And part of the reason they want to depopulate it because it's much easier to control a smaller population than mm. it is a larger population. That's fair, yeah. And so I think that all of this 
what if they now put it into the flu vaccine, they've convinced everybody. And I, I personally do think it's a lie, regardless of what you think about, you know, germ versus terrain theory, mm-hmm. where we're still working on models. And but, you know, mm-hmm. to, to have such a conclusive certainty surrounding something that is a th- theoretical model, right. it sounds more like it's a model that's being sold to propagate fear. Mm-hmm. And of course, they sold everybody, not everybody, but a large portion of the population that we have to be afraid of the flu, right. which comes around every year. But don't worry, even though they tell you, if you subscribe to their narrative, they tell you there's a hundred over 100 billion strains of the flu every year. But don't worry, we'll they figured right. out the one <laughs> that they're going to inoculate you against. And, or typically four now. They're quadrillion yeah, right. the ones they use. <laughs> yeah. But that so much of the population have bought into this and they're like, yeah, well, of course, why wouldn't you get the flu shot? So I think it's their way of targeting people that if they didn't get sold on the COVID shot, now right. don't worry, like, we can get them a wider yeah, portion. The flu, the flu yeah. seems a lot less pressing. There's a lot less, um, you know, there's not as many protests out in the street exactly. against the flu vaccine. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it's a lot more innocuous. They can just slip it right under, exactly. right under the gate, right? But people are starting to recognize these things, like where yeah. people are pointing out, hey, that's weird. There's never a random controlled trial about the flu vaccine. No. And, just, and that, why does that make sense? Well, we do it every time. It's like, well, that's not okay, right? People <laughs> right, are right. suddenly starting to realize people all these are questions. Waking up. Yeah. I, I think that we should question, I mean, all of these things. How about the fact that it's a respiratory virus and you're giving us a shot in the shoulder muscle? That's exactly what Dr. Bakke said yeah. is not possible. Just yep. like this, you know, there's all these fallacies, right? And so it makes you wonder what's really going on with all of these things, you yes. know? But so, yeah, I don't, I don't know the overlap there, but I, I definitely think that as we can see here very clearly that they're going in this direction, mm-hmm. that they're not hiding this. It's mm-hmm. very clear. More than COVID-19, six other promising mRNA vaccines in the pipeline. Oh, and I mean, it's, I mean, it's all, and this is, this article's from June, right? But it's, yeah. it's just to quickly wrap it off here. This is and obviously flu, Zika virus. What? Nice. Why? <laughs> it's just such a strange I think there's something to these. Let's not forget Zika was this weird anomalous thing that popped up after micros, you know, the, or what was it the like mosquito and microcephaly and, and then, but there's more to that. People thought there was something else going on there. I bet you this story is just as, I mean, I, I know it is. I'm all well, covered it then. There's anomalies in Zika and that overlap, just like there was with COVID-19 and yeah. RSV. Really? That was something that was almost gen, like children were at risk or told, Nobody else. And even then it wasn't that serious. Now suddenly RSV is infecting everybody. You know, it's like, I don't believe most of this stuff or something they did has caused this, you know, uh, or cytomegalovirus, which I'm not even that familiar with. You guys know any comments no, on that? It's a fun word to say. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then cancer, of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, of course, we have uh, the idea that they're already telling you it's going to be a game changer for livestock. I mean, this is everywhere, guys. And this is this is July. So it's already happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Very concerning to me. Yeah. Well, I will say on that, you know, it's really encouraging because like with Unjected, we did the whole before the site went down, like we were, we were pivoting towards a big push of like doing like uh, mRNA free meats, trying to be mm-hmm. like a shooter yeah. of some kind. And we were doing a lot of research. We reached out to a lot of local farmers and tried to get, you know, pe- onboard people that were like committed to never doing that. And we yeah. ran across some really cool people yeah. um, who were like, from my experience, like a lot of the farmers we talked to were like, absolutely not. Even if that means yeah. we lose more livestock, mm-hmm. that's the yeah. only vaccine available, then we're not going to do it. Like, was so, Texas Slim one of those guys? I, that's, I'm not sure Steve talks to him a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I got I a chance to, connect, to. I need to connect with him. Yeah. But no, there was just a lot of just small farms and ranches mm-hmm. throughout the country that we reached out to. And like the overwhelming consensus was that no, we'll never go down that I road. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was great. 
Well, you know what I love about a lot of this, and Texas Slim mentioned some of this too, is that, you know, what you're seeing is these groups, you know, unfortunately, some of the very large ones, even if they want to, it's almost like going to, they'll, they'll fail business-wise, yeah. right? But you've got some of these medium to smaller ones that are like, you know what, screw the whole system. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. Local community, come to us. We have right. need for you. And people in the community are like, hell yeah. And yeah. so they just, they, you know, don't need the system. But that's what Slim is trying to actually make, at least from what I take from the, I, I got the honor of being there with him on AM Wake Up. And he oh, talked about the idea it. of, you know, building that infrastructure, like okay. locally, right? That so your local great. community and know where to go and people can sell it. And that's, we we're all, we're all talking about that, yeah. right? Peer-to-peer economies, you know, just yeah, circumventing totally. the control system. Totally. But here is the, uh, one of the things I want to include on that note that just, you know, it's, it's just so frustrating that we can have it this obvious as everything else. And this is September 14th, Daily Mail, alarming rise in UK stillbirths and babies dying within weeks of being born reverses eight year trend. I just put pretty telling that it seems to be only the experts who are baffled by this one. That's yeah. They're baffled. Yeah. And exactly. We're, and are they going to do any sort of investigation? Of course and, not. Let me guess. Let me guess. Even if they do, they're going to exclude whether or not the mom's vaccinated. Like they Scotland. Do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Scotland case. Like right. That was a, we reported on I that. I can't like believe that, that. That's one of the most in, insane, like in, awful things I've ever heard. And it's like, they, because that would, and you, you talk about it a lot, but mm-hmm. it's like the idea like, okay, we have this very clear signal that something's horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. All this neonatal death yeah. is happening. And there's really only one thing that it could be doing, but that's the one thing we're not going to investigate because it would increase vaccine hesitancy. Right. right. And they're not about the truth. It's, again, a cover-up operation. Yeah, man. It's so crazy. I really – that was one of the most shocking developments yeah. in all this. Like, yeah. it was plainly stated. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you've got a spike in neonatal deaths. Yes. We're doing an investigation. Yes. But we're going to completely omit the one culprit that everyone looks at because, yeah. you know, we are – to said two things. Well, we studied it really well in the beginning. And, of course, we don't want to scare anybody away from taking it. Uh, I just don't understand. I think I genuinely, this is where I get into the point where I think most everybody's like, that's effed up. That's not true. And yet, okay. But then we stop right there. We go, okay, well, everybody must see it. And then no, they just keep going forward. They go, no one's stopping us. All right, well, let's keep going. You know, it's like, I don't know how we get past that though. It's, it's everywhere, man. Well, to that point, that is really interesting. Cause even in my head, I'm like, this is all so crazy. Doesn't Mm -hmm. everybody see this? And I wonder if they but do. No, I, I think I don't think they do. No. That's I try. I try to keep pushing with the agenda. So mm-hmm. I try to be on a positive note about it, though. You know, like I look. I don't know for sure, obviously, right? right. But it's like how. I mean, look. More there's only two options. Either we're doomed because nobody's ever going to see it because this much, or I think that we're at a point where most people kind of do. And I think we, like I point out all the time, right? We have those little markers like the bivalent shot or different examples where they you kind of see through the narratives where mm-hmm. everyone's like, no, screw that. And I think we have that, not with everything. I think but, more people are seeing it. Yeah. I just, I feel like I tend to think more people are seeing it than actually are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that we're not at the critical mass yet. No, unfortunately. not at all. And it's tough. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. in our little communities, all the people we talk to. Exactly. That's it. it. Everybody mm-hmm. gets it. But then as I'm driving down the road, I see like thousands of cars. I'm like, none of these people. <laughs> yeah. Cars, right? And then you see people alone in their car still wearing masks. Yeah, exactly. Now. Right. Right. You're like, right. wait. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. Did I just see that? No. Seriously. There's a guy near my office that he's, they, these, this couple, they both always have the same mask hanging in their windshield. I'm just like, every oh, day yeah, I walk yeah, in, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's seriously? There, I know. Right? God, I know. it's so gross. It's like the worst pot. Whether there's something going on or not, like that's going to get you sick. Yeah. I want to go stick one of my stickers right in their window. And yeah. like, <laughs> you Turn out your list of like 50 mass studies that you- Right. You yeah. I've got that one I made that says like, you know, peer-reviewed science has found that they're not statistically oh, yeah. significant. I'm like, yeah, the yeah, more yeah. you know, <laughs> stick yeah, it right on the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would know it was me. Trust me. They always yeah, see yeah. me. I'm like, <laughs> oh, 
can hear you ranting from seriously seriously but you know i tend to like that that note again though it's like i definitely think there's a lot of people that are at least afraid enough to not like maybe they think maybe they don't trust it they don't like it they don't want to wear it but they will because they don't fully understand how actually dangerous it is for them right right? so it's like it's just such a deceiving thing and then you don't know if those people you see you're being forced to or their family wants them to or you know i don't know i just try to give a hopeful note right so i definitely i think we have enough examples to see that a huge portion, possibly the majority, definitely is just kind of like, I don't know what's happening right now. Like I'm uncomfortable. I may go along with it, but they're they're right for the to for informing. I really well, think that. Yes, right I think that there are a lot of people who are at least asking some sort of question. Mm-hmm. I just really hope because it sounds like they're going to double down and try this whole thing again. Yeah, and I just really hope that this time enough people are like, wait, it's. Something doesn't add mm-hmm. up here. Yeah, totally. Even if they don't fully understand or fully know what the truth may be, at least just say, okay, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, right. And I'm not just going to blindly follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of think that's what they already think is happening. I've seen yeah. a bunch of mainstream articles. They're like, please get it. Even though I know you don't want to, like a yeah. lot of that kind of stuff. Seriously. <laughs> and it's just like, well, we're not going to force you, you know, with what they said last time too. Right, right. So yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly don't, I don't see how it could happen again. Like no. how they could do the same forcing. That's where I'm kind of skeptical about. I mean, it definitely could. And they they would. could. But what that this may be like a pivot mm-hmm. to the flu shot or some other right. narrative, you know, in a similar way. It's just what I worry about, you know. Right. Yeah. But well, I think that, that that is what they do. Right. They they have. Well, we saw this with the uh, Operation Lockstep document. Right? right. They had the four different scenarios mm-hmm. and people keep pointing to Lockstep. But I think that. They actually pulled a little bit from each of them. Oh, yeah. But what they do is they have a bunch of like, it's like tools in their arsenal kit, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. and then they'll, they beta test and they'll kind of feel it out. And if that's not working, they're like, okay, we'll pivot. And I think, mm-hmm. right, them right. Out, yeah. And that's something people don't think about enough is that they have multiple agendas. Yeah. You know, there's 45 different angles laid out and, and they decide. Multiple operational plans. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> we stick a stick in the spokes about their Nazis in Ukraine. They go, okay, fine, we'll pivot this way or, you know, whatever it is on any of these stories, you know. But I think a good place to, to end here then would be kind of giving people one of those notes that I think are an easy anomaly. And Scott's talked about this a lot in the past. And this is about the flu shot in general. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one that I saw out. This was uh, yesterday. Doctors reveal the exact time you should get your flu shot, whatever that even actually means. You can read it. It's very oh, weird. They're like you know, based on your age and whatever else. But my, this was just something I, one, they're really harping the flu shot. They're really trying to get people to do this. And actually, even before I do that, just really quickly to wrap it off, let's not forget. Oh, and I should say to make sure a very clear statement that I'm not saying that we know for sure. Let's put it this way. What they're saying is the shot they're giving is the flu shot from not the uh, ferritin shot, not even the universal one. Okay. I'm worried that might still be what's happening, though, right. just to make that clear. Right. But they're saying they're doing – I mean, well, let's just put it this way. The ones they're giving currently are the ones that are the older ones, but they are working on ones that they're even saying might come out. And I'll show you that in a second, like this season. So, so did, I'm worried they're going to do a shift and we won't notice. They're going to quietly yeah. seep it into the conversation. Right. What so. do they say is the best time to take it? Are they talking about like time of day? Like after you oh, let's look. Like, <laughs> you change your diaper. After you change your diaper, go get the flu shot. Yeah, I didn't highlight it, but it's it's your it's, butt it's diaper. The button. Right, right. Or or in case you know you, you lose your bladder control because your immune system falls apart, exactly. you know, whatever whatever it is. But I yeah, it was something like that. Like it's kind of you know, don't get it while you have a fever. And it's it's just it's really just a ploy to get you to be like flu shot, flu shot, flu yeah, yeah. shot. Now I'll come back to this one second, but one one thing I wanted to show you really quickly 
was that, let's not forget, that's the reason I said that before, the Pentagon did a study about the flu shot in general. I think at the time it was one of those, the ones they pretty much do was quadvalent. They kind of guess yeah. about the four most common. Right. Half the time it doesn't work at all, if ever. But this is, Children's Defense put this out. The flu shot raises your risk of coronavirus, is, is, is plural. That's just, it's just a general category, by 36%. Now, here's the actual study. And this is not a joke, by the way. This is January 2020, just before yeah, I remember, all this. I remember this. Influenza vaccine and respiratory virus interference. So that means, you know, that you take the injection and it causes you to be more susceptible to other things, right? right. Department of Defense. And this was about, you know, giving this to the military and whether that would cause a problem, you know? And the crux of the point is right in the, the middle of it all, examining... So they talk about other things and they say, oh, it has a, the right effect we're looking for. But it says examining non-influenza viruses specifically, the odds of both coronavirus, which is the cold, you know, this is pre-COVID-19 illusion, right? And human metanumavirus, which I actually looked up in the past episode. There's a whole category to that, but we'll save that for another day. In vaccine individuals were significantly higher when compared to unvaccinated. That's a huge statement. And the point is 36% increase for coronaviruses, a 51% increase for meta, uh, the metanumavirus. It's crazy. And shouldn't that play a factor when, they, you know, when this all kicked off and they were like, coronavirus, everybody get your flu shot. Mm-hmm. They knew this study. They pushed the flu shot, I would argue, like everything else because it would increase what happened. I mean, yeah. every action they took seems to have increased the problem. Well, they knew, I mean, if you, again, I'll just, you know, suspend whatever people's beliefs are around the virus narrative, but we know that there are poisons in the adjuvants absolutely right so obviously you you poison someone and then they have to detox and then you have more toxins coming at you it's going to increase the likelihood that you're going to have a harder time detoxing right right and that's one way to definitely take that data that these things are putting your body at a weakened state and you're getting sick you know it's exactly what the covid shot seems to be doing and here's the point you know flu season is coming mrna flu shots aren't far behind you know, and you, you, just to get past it all, they basically are saying that they're already testing these phase three trials, right? This is happening right now, phase right. three. So if this gets done and we know they're going to rubber stamp it, uh-huh. is it going to be kind of seeded in? Maybe they put out a real quiet article in the corner nobody points at. Right. And it's like, hey, it's out there. Now this is the one you're getting. And they won't tell anybody that. So I'm super worried about that. Yeah. And here's the one just saying that th- this is even better. <laughs> Good. Isn't that what you said about the COVID shot? That's exactly the same point. So this in overall, that brings me to the last point. And this is what I was going to say to people just to give them an anomaly mm-hmm. to consider. And what right. we're talking about, the ones that kind of break you out of the, the illusion. I thought this was interesting on that same article. Doctors right. reveal the exact time you should get your flu shot. It says last flu season, 9 million Americans got the virus. And I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't that, weren't we at a time where they were like, it, it was just almost 2020 vanished. Yeah. 2021 right. was still basically mostly gone. 9 million people like that doesn't even seem like that makes sense and so i wanted to go through this in general i thought this was interesting so we've talked about this before oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this one's a little bit different i have the flu view flu view one um yeah. right here we can talk about oh, next I love that one. me too and you make this point last time it's yeah. really obvious but here first point we've been saying this since the very beginning literally says pneumonia influenza and covid19 as pic right and that's what they're showing this breakdown of now they use that number as COVID in many different examples. I've proven that on the show. But the main part, first of all, on this ridiculous version of it, there's nothing but green and red. Look at the look at this. Well, that's all red actually, but it's all red. <laughs> oh, here, just use this one since that's up too. Or no, where is it? Just jump it over real quick. I thought it was interesting that from any of those years when there is green, or I guess not. It must be broken. I get, or just oh no, that's the point though. It's just all red. Like all red. Really? 
okay, well, it was going green before. Well, that's even more stupid. So just, it's just, <laughs> the point is at or above threshold. So just as one number, they're just like, you're all in danger. It's just yeah. red, the country. Wow. It just seems so stupid to me. But you can look at the, the deviation on this from, the, from the, this last year, or really this is the full breakdown. Over here, you have basically this graph that shows you the red line being what they say is the deaths due to PIC, the combination of all three, and then the COVID-coded deaths being the blue. What you'll notice is that in 2020-2021, notice something very interesting. The red line, which is supposed to be pneumonia, influenza, and COVID, perfectly aligns with the COVID death number. Exactly. How is that not the most obvious thing in the world? That means that they 100% used what they knew were flu and, and pneumonia deaths that they just say secondary pneumonia and yeah. flu. But it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, okay, so bringing this to the last point to this year, look, or, or the, that's the year we're talking about. So right now we're about to go into the 2023-2024 flu season. But look at the numbers right there. How are you tell me 9 million cases last year? That doesn't even add up with what we're looking at. You know, so something's very fishy here. And I think yeah. even down here, look at the number of flu deaths they're claiming. 12, 8, 19. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is ridiculous. There's something still going on. And this is the one that, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on this guy? Because I think oh, it's this is hilarious. Amazing. It's, just, it's just such a smoking gun to this whole thing. Like I remember we were watching, and then if you click on some of the states, like specifically like when I was, I was in Oregon at the time, and, oh, yeah. and it, it breaks down you know, per county. And I remember we were right. keeping an eye on it. And it was like Multnomah County, which is where Portland is at. In the, you know, the winter of 2020, they'd have like one reported case. Or the whole state, there'd be like one reported case in like the whole state of, of flu. And it's like, this is, or influenza. It's like, this is the most insane thing ever. Right. And then, and then again, if you just, you know, you guys can go mess with this, but you just scroll back and you show Look like, at that. like, like, yeah, flu, nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing. Because all those numbers are being slid over the COVID call. Which we just showed you. Yes, right. Exactly. And it really, and you can always look at previous like 2019, 2018, and it's all yeah. purple and red, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, let's go to the next one. So, and that, of course, their excuse, and there's articles about this, and we're, we're all of us calling out the fact that there's no influenza. They're like, well, that's because everybody was social distancing and wearing masks. <laughs> so, they flip it back on us. It's like, damn it. Right. Like, well, yeah, but yeah, see, yeah. that's what's interesting yeah. today is now we yeah. see even the corporate media breaking down the, some of them, the masks not working. Yeah. Right. And so now they're in, they're already, I don't think many have even made that connective point. Yeah. So you're already finding out that that's not true. So then yeah. what happens? You know, we, well, we know, but there's plenty of other examples where they've gotten that contradiction where they're like, you know, where they try to get you to do the mask concepts here, but it contradicts that then that wouldn't make sense. And the fact that it stopped it there. And, but what's interesting in the point that you made here is that, you know, so this is the year that this is the beginning of COVID and obviously the flu is gone, but you show the next year or even the years before. Yeah. Like 2019. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And this was, this is actually the best year to look at, as you pointed out, because it's like all red. Yeah, look at that. That's yeah. crazy. Oh. Right. One of the worst flu years they told us, you know, ever. Yeah. And now this could be one of two things. Obviously, this could be something just the flu worse, but there's a lot whether, you know, this gets into the virus conversation yeah. of it, but that there are people that argue. And there's even a new study I'm going to talk about in an com- upcoming show where they now have, pr- they're claiming evidence that this was circulating. And I think it was Italy before 2019. Again, oh, they, yeah. they actually got, and, but there's like 15 countries that say that before they saw it in China, they yeah. say, right? So that was what that could maybe be. But so back to the, uh, the overall point, though, and is that's that you, CDC right there, right? Yeah, this I mean, is there's the all the CDC, yeah, this is like right? Literally the CDC. This is not some crazy conspiracy side. Yeah. So bring it. It is a crazy conspiracy. Side. That's why. I think they're some of the biggest conspirators. Yeah, uh... But yeah, so really the point is that it's an obvious anomaly here that we can see that now it's you know it's all of a sudden coming back, but even then still it's just not even remotely what it. I mean that one's actually that's pretty bad. 
that this is this is this last one they claim, but you know it's, it doesn't add up overall. Is my main point. So they're yeah. still playing with the numbers. And here's the last point. So this is really interesting. This is 2018, 2019. It's a different view by its uh, by age positive yeah. cases. Yeah. So this is what it used to look like. Pretty. Mm-hmm. This is why these old experts and immunologists were like, this is like wildly consistent. Yeah. Summer, the winter time, you know, and everyone gets sick. And this is exactly over the peak of the winter. There's week one right there. It's kind of winter time and then down, right? Going to the next one. This is supposedly 2020. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't look the same way. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's just vanished and then peaks in these weird times. Like, so that, remember, this is this is flu. This is not about COVID-19. And yet you got this weird spike over here. Is that December 2020? You know, th- this one would be whatever week 38, 39 is. So oh. winter is right here. F- week 53, one, that's like the j- January, December oh, okay. overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like summertime. Okay. So it doesn't, this is what a lot of the oh, honest like experts. Big, that big spike. Right, right here. Yeah. Well, that's the same, okay. yeah, so that's going to be week 39, 38. Oh, okay. And so what, that's what the honest experts are saying. It's like, that's not how these things work. Right. You don't have a spike of flu in the middle of all this. They just conflated that and then bringing it to today, even more weird. Now the whole thing has shifted, right? So now what they're saying is we're already coming out of our flu season right now. And we haven't, we're, this is, we're just getting into wintertime. Like, so you're seeing it taper down. It just, well, obviously we haven't gotten there yet. So we'll see what happens, yeah. right? But it's interesting to see that that's already on a downward scale. So it's just, there's an anomaly here. Yeah. And nobody in the expert classes or even, ta- or I hate to call it the predator class, are talking about this. And so it just really screams that there's definitely something fishy going on here, you know? Yeah. So that's the anomaly for people out there. Ask these questions, you know, recognize we're being played in a lot of different ways, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's some good stuff. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, any, uh, any uh, final thoughts for us guys before we wrap up here? You want to shout out any uh, plugs or anything you want to do before oh, yeah, we wrap? We can promote now. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, well, so Ryan's been covering the Maui fires quite a bit. Um, we uh, injected like Shelby and then uh, Stephanie um, Perucci, uh, Perucci Publishing, put together a book that's gonna, that's like a pre-order right now called Burn Back Better. Oh, that's right. Um, that's like, right. It's a good like name. A, a very comprehensive overview of like all the information that we know right now from boots on the ground reporting in Maui. It's a pretty good. I had a chance to do some proofreading on it. And like, it's, uh, it's awesome. pretty, uh, it's going to be good. So I think we're trying to get nice. it out October 1st. So. Uh, burnbackbetterbook.com, I think you get pre orders there. But anyway, so nice, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got. Unjected.com, last market bag bomb. Oh, yeah, according to your podcast. Yeah. Right, right. I will shout out to, I just talked to Pasta this morning. He just oh, left Maui and he, okay. he's going to put out a documentary he did there. Cool. Great. So a lot of people putting stuff out. And so it's good. Yep. More information coming your way for sure. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's a, it's a bit away, but I'm going to be speaking at the Reawaken America tour October 14th at nice. 12 p.m. So. Yeah. Rock and awesome. roll, awesome. rock and roll. Oh, I do do a show called Rebound News. I guess I should yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do the Courtney Turner podcast. You find me Courtney. We're out there somewhere. Yeah. You can find you'll us. find us. <laughs> yeah, you'll find us. All right. What about you? LastAmericanVagabond.com. All right. Well, th- thanks for joining us today, guys. <laughs> we appreciate your time and your continued support. And we've got lots of stuff coming. Like we're yeah. always talking about what's coming next and, yep. you know, but it, it's, it's a slow process, but we're talking about people and yeah. who we're going to include once that time comes. We're not there yet. So those that are interested, you know, recognize that we're not just skipping over anybody. We haven't even begun that process yeah. yet. Yeah. So we got a lot coming your way. But we have done some brainstorming. We yeah. have some uh, getting the vision much more clear and figuring out how to execute. So, yep, exactly. Exactly. Cool. All right. Thank well, you for letting us use your lovely studio. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's standing here. Love it. And thank you, thank you, on the producer in the back. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. right. The real hero of the show, you can't see back there. Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah. we'll leave you with that, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.
take essentially years to rebuild Lahaina, which was destroyed. But we will build it back better, and we'll build it back proudly, uh, as we do in Hawaii. We will find a way to make sure that there's more housing in Lahaina over time.